It's Sports Arena, and welcome to Extreme Rewind, your weekly look into World of Extreme as we look at ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401 and every pay-per-view special and everything in between. You got yourself, Paul, and I'm joined as always by Jay. What's up, Jay? So you decided to go against your, your newscaster introduction this week. <sighs> I listened to it back. Um, I was disappointed. <laughs> I mean, it depends. If if you're if you're trying to go for like the nine o'clock news, I thought it was spot on. I sense disappointment without anyone saying anything apart from yourself. I, I could feel it listening back. <laughs> I could I could feel the disappointment. It wasn't the extreme. I, I felt um, I under delivered, much like hardcore heaven. So oh, oh, topical. Oh, I mean, topical for a show that was twenty three years ago. <laughs> Topical for us. It's back. Topical because it references something that happened on last week's show. Hashtag relive the revolution. Except maybe Hardcore Heaven 1997. Yeah, I mean, you can watch it. You just don't have to. Um, We're in August of 97. We start in August. We end up in September. It's quite the journey. And uh, yeah. It's a beautiful time of year. Episode 226. Who would have funked it? Um, not Terry, because he's not back until the next episode, next Sports Arena episode. Yeah, next week. Yes, for us. Well, we assume he is anyway. He's on the thumb now, doesn't mean anything. You feel this could be the British Bulldog and Jim Neidhart of of 1997. It'd be rough. Um, But yeah. We start off with the 19th of August, 1997, episode 226, and they waste no time. Versus Rima. I'll ask you a question before Excuse we start. still going on. How many, how many episodes are we watching this week? How many episodes? Yeah. Um, I've watched four. Are you sure? I think so, yeah. Because I'm sure I may have watched the same episode just four times. Oh, you little controversial mind game kind of man. <laughs> um, yeah, there is, there, is, um, there is a copy and paste kind of feel going on. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's great to see RVD versus Terry, uh, Tommy Dreamer for the first time. Ever. Ever. I think it's going to be a, a fantastic show. <laughs> yeah, so basically the match itself is actually surprisingly um, decent match. I didn't mind it. It's hard to break everything down because it's hard to remember which one this is. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun match. Tommy Dreamer wins, which is rare. And Sabu comes out in a suit and hits Tommy Dreamer multiple times with a chair. Now, before we get into Sabu's suit, because yeah. I want to, to address Sabu's suit, um, Tommy Dreamer, yeah. the innovator of violence, who we have seen in this blood feud for, for 18 months to two years with Raven, where he seemed to just steal Raven's gimmick and Raven's DDT. Yeah. We then saw him have a brief, but but... Brutal feud with with Luis Piccoli. Yeah. Um, and we know he goes on to use the Spicoli driver for the rest of his career. Yeah. He's now against RVD. Yeah. Innovator of violence. Yeah. So he hits the Van Daminator, the chair surfboard into the corner, and the frog splash. Yeah. So is it more... The emulator of violence. Oh, that'd be fantastic. T-shirt. He beats you with your own finisher every week. Can I say I got the result wrong for this one? Um, Rob Van Dam on this one because Sabu came out and helped. Oh, and it wouldn't be a DQ because that's not ECW. Yes. Yeah, so Rob Van Dam on this one. Then the triple threat came out and attacked RVD and Sabu. And then they attacked and Dreamer, and, and everyone 
started coming out trying to sort of attack Tommy Dreamer. But they're attacking everyone to get to Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. And then the so Dudley's understand. came. understand. Because this is that two days after he just saved the whole company and sort of represented them all and stood up for them all and everyone had his back because he was Mr. Yeah. ECW. Do you know who doesn't come out and try and save him? Uh, Sandman. Sandman doesn't, no. This is partner who's who's fought his way back to the hotel because he's in a feud with Sabu. Yeah, uh, to the, the, the arena because he's in a feud with Sabu. Yeah, so he's yeah, not it's weird, isn't it? Uh, and then the Dudleys come out and they they clean house. The Dudleys, yeah, clean house and they sort of take over the segment and they're standing tall. But then Balls and Axel run out, and Dream is up getting attacked again with Balls and Axel, and then New Jack and Cronus come out again. With Saturn again, and they clean house, and then they all into the crowd and celebrate. Yeah, it's basically the end of the pay per view, but the beginning yes. of the show. Yes, very weird, very weird. Yes, um, so really, beginning of the show because it's again, it feels like an ending. Maybe I think it feels like an ending because it was the ending of the pay per view. Yeah, even though it wasn't, it's just obviously how they were ending every show. Yeah. To give that kind of like, hey. But no, it's weird. Yeah. But it wasn't awful. It was just a bit like, what what, what am I learning from this? Where where are we going? Why are we attacking everyone apart from the WWE guys? So I had a couple of issues with it. Um, One being the whole, the triple threat run out to beat up RVD and Sabu, who they have no real issue with so that they can get to Dreamer, who they apparently have an issue with, only then to be chased off by the next person who comes in. Um, The second issue I have is this seems to be turning into the pull-apart where the locker room empties for no apparent reason. And then the third issue I have is I don't understand why I'm watching this again after you've just done it on the pay-per-view. And for the pay-per-view, you know, there was a moment. It was uh, Cronus and, and New Jack coming together. It was toppling the, the Dudleys who, who were doing so. I mean, it made very little sense on the pay-per-view, but at least there was a moment. And it was Funk in the crowd and it was the, the, the others in the crowd. And um, But now it's exactly the same. It's just Dreamers in there instead of Funk. And apart from that, it's exactly the same. And like you see, the triple threat have no real issue with Tommy Dreamer. And it's not... You know, spoiler, it's not continued, really. You get a snipe from Candido later on, but it's not a thing. Yeah, May set up a match. Yeah, but it's not like like anything. Dream is just spiralling into multiple views and some that completely blow my mind later on that make no sense. But just spiralling into multiple beatdowns. Yeah. Him and him and Sandman just seem to be laid out every week now. Yeah, it's rough because it's almost just like like we've said before, you lose seventy but you win the one and you've won the war and it's just like, well no, you kind of some of these guys are looking you know, the the WWE feud has kind of almost ended because the numbers are dwindled now. Yeah. I mean, we get into obviously the flag stuff in a couple of weeks, but it's it's very bizarre for me. This is like Adam Cole doing an AEW invasion on NXT. Just because he suddenly decides he's AEW one week and you're like, well, no, you've been on NXT the whole time. You can't suddenly be NXT, AEW uh, now because you've said you are. And that, that's what it feels like with these guys. And I get into it a bit more, but it's just... Um, it's really bizarre the way they sort of they choose to work this because they are just ECW guys yeah Jerry Lawler was the weird. WWE guy yeah and I, you know they've, they've kept it going and you know we'll, we'll see some flags which are fun um, yeah but yeah it's just very weird that they've you know it wasn't a feud and it was over quickly and we won and ECW stands to, oh no we're continuing I mean, I guess more people turn up because we know that like, other people come back and win belts because we looked at 
tag team title histories and stuff like that. But at the moment, it's just very much just like ECW attacking ECW, but we're not ECW, we're, we're WWE. Similar to um, the, the main invasion that got slated years later. Yes. Where it's just like, oh my God, it's WCW attacking everyone. And you're like, well, no, it's not. It's, it's Stone Cold with a WCW shirt on. He's not WCW. Yeah. It's it's a bit, it's exactly the same. It's like, oh, the WWE for running rough shot. And it's like, well, no. They're two ECW guys. They're not Raw stars. They might have had a couple of matches on Raw because Jerry Lawler's put them on there, but it's not, they're not Raw. No. So it's just um, a bit lost. It is. And, you know, I'm sure it finds its way. And like I said, I know people turn up, but yeah, so that happens. Um, get a promo from Taz. Basically, similar to what his, his Sabu promo not too long ago, he did exactly what he said he was going to do to Candido, choke Candido out. So. Yeah. Doesn't get involved in feuds, doesn't, you know, call people out, just goes out there and beats people up. Yeah. Um, we get the video history of the ECW title thing. This is a running thing they do when there's a new title challenge. I don't mind it. I think it's quite nice. So we obviously saw the the birth from Shane Douglas, every title change until Shane Douglas' most recent win last week. So I quite like that. It's simple, but it just, for new fans, it shows you the journey. Yeah, I mean, the, a bit about the lineage. It's, it's, it's a fine little uh, segment, isn't it? It's a fine little... Piece. Yeah, it's it's a nice little flashback. It's harmless, but it's just good for new fans. And we get basically photos from Hardcore Heaven Freeway Dance, photos from Tommy Dreamer versus Jerry Lawler at Hardcore Heaven, and then we get sort of highlights from Dreamer's career and a promo from Dreamer. Yep. Still crying about how he beat Raven one time. Yeah, and how ECW won the war. Yes. WWF have been vanquished. They will never be seen in any way, shape or form represented on ECW again. Yeah, and I'm sure Lawler was punished on Raw for losing said match. And for embarrassing him. Um, so we go to August the 26th, 1997, episode 227. It begins with Rick Rude in the ring. He introduces Shane Douglas, who come out and does his own promo. Um, it's nice to see the champ on TV, eh? Yes. Simple little things. Comes out at the beginning of the show. Had a week off because other stuff was going on. Suddenly, boom. Anyone that's watched the replays and that, we get the brand new world champion coming out, looking for a challenger. The way it's set up is Rick Rude, his hand-picking opponent's to push Shane to make him the absolute best he can be. This week, he picks out Al Snow. Um, yes. And before the match, it popped up on the screen, a little message on ECW for if you think this is a lame-ass Monday Night Wrestling show, you're wrong, kind of. Which I thought, fair enough, if that's what they want to take more shots at. WCW and WWE. It's it's um it's the old sort of failings where NWO is going on, Austin's getting hot. Those programs are so good at the moment that it's it's almost like where TNA failed years later. You keep shouting about that other program, people will want to just look at that other program. Yeah, it's and, a fine, I mean, fine line of taking shots at people like Shane Douglas might to keep reminding people that on Monday night there's these two massive wrestling shows. But I was going to say, and you say about you know the the fine line, but the the problem we have is that a lot of the angles they build and feuds they build are, are ones they can't deliver on. So you know it's it's up there with you know Shane Douglas calling out. WWF and 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 Ric Flair and everything every single week. Apart from the fact that when a WWF guy walks in, you do nothing. So it's it's yeah. it's kind of this weird, you know, taking shots for the sake of it, even though actually, you know, you're in business with WWF. We've just seen that. Um, so yeah, it's just a bit odd. And it's like your big taking out 
the WWE, you beat up their commentator and a manager. Yeah. And it's a bit like, hmm. I don't know. Like I said, I don't blame ECW for this. I think WWE sort of extended a hand and say, hey, we'll work out this amazing thing. But yeah, WWE, similar to making Triple H beat Taz on SmackDown, they fucking protected themselves massively with this angle. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they could have, I don't know who they could have given, but they gave a Jake the Snake that no one's seen for like forever. And um, Jerry Lawler and, and Jim Cornette. I mean, they could have sent over. And took Root Rude. Yeah. I mean, they, they could have really I mean, sent to over be honest, anyone. They could have, could have given yeah. them Bradshaw for anything else. Yeah. I mean, just anyone. anyone. Uh, well, I mean, you've just got... Um, so you've got Candido, who's just come in. You've got Al Snow, who's coming in as this is going on. To be honest... You know, keep him as Leaf Cassidy for a minute, get him to do some run-ins, and then switch him afterwards. Well, yeah, um, let's look. August 1997. Roster. Let's see who's on Raw in 97. Just give a rough idea. So you've just lost primetime Brian Lee, so he must be in there with the Disciples of Apocalypse and Los Periquas. Yep, so Billy Gunn, Bart Gunn, Savio Vega, British Bulldog, Aldo Mantoya, we know, obviously goes. Uh, Sid, Gold Dust, Ahmed Johnson, Dr. Tom Pritchard, Jake the Snake, um, Justin Hawk, Bradshaw, Mankind, Mark Camaro. Um, maybe they couldn't send anyone over there. Uh, there's a surprising number he wouldn't be able to send back there. Do you know who I think would have killed it? It's Goldust. Yeah, oh, he would have been fantastic in ECW. Get Goldust to go in, cut some promos. He can really kind of, you know, pull up that that kind of controversial angle. Um, you know, the the homophobia is is obviously still a big button in 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 wrestling and ECW. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose looking back on it. It's hard because they've kind of raided ECW. So ignoring, obviously, your Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels is, that would never really happen. Yeah. Um, we've got British Bulldog. It's not really the right sort of fit. Goldust, like you said, is amazing. Um, Leaf Cassidy. Who does? It, X, yeah, and XECW. Janetti, XECW. Stone Cold... Apart from being too big, wouldn't really get heat because he's. They've you just know, seen him. Yeah, exactly. Um, Mankind, they've seen. Farouk. Yeah. Which Ron Simmons just seen. Um, Barry Windham, wrong sort of fit. Double J, maybe. I mean, Barry Windham is uh, Barry Windham as a as an enforcer. I think would have been great. yeah. Uh, uh, Doug Furness and Phil Lafon, we know they sort of that. turn up. Um, the Executioner, we know he's played by Terry Gordy. Yeah. Oh wow, Flash yeah. Funk. So again, he wouldn't have. Only know from uh, Terry Gordy from um, something to wrestle. So we're trying to kind of see if there was anything they could do with him. Uh, but yeah, and again, come from ECW, Flash Funk, come from ECW, uh, ECW. Yeah. Curtis Hughes, ECW, because Mr. Hughes. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so they were, to be fair, they were kind of stuck. I mean, you could have, yeah. Brian Norman, ECW. But I think if they'd taken Gold, and where would have Gold Dust been at this point? Is he doing Marlena matches with Pillman at he this must, point? Must have been. Must have been. Let's go to August, see if anyone else has turned up. Yokozuna. Yeah, it's interesting to see because he would have um, he had I Jim Cornette as the mouthpiece, mouthing off behind Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Yeah, because uh, Tucker Mishinoku. Oh, Brian Lee, Chains. Chains is there at the moment. Oh, Brian Lee. Yeah, he's only just gone there. Isn't it? Works. Yeah, Skull and Eight Ball again, yeah. CCW. Wow. 
don't realise, do you? Even though you do, but you sort of don't. But yeah, no, Gold Dust would have been great. But yeah, no, it's just um, I don't know. Like I said, it's Jerry Lawler's a legend. I get it. He's a he's a heat seeker. He sort of is great. But then you really sort of flip back to the other show, and he's just sort of on commentary, and it kind of I don't know. It just feels anti sort of climactic from that point. Despite him being a legend and all his accolades, it's still a bit oh. But. Yeah, so anyway, we've got Shane Douglas versus Al Snow. Um, fun match. This is a main event, I think, in about a year's time. So it'd be good to see the growth of Al Snow. Yeah, and I think a year's time is a different setup because my issue with this, and it's the same issue I've had however many times, and it's the same issue I will continue to have with these four shows that we talk about, is... Um, I felt like um, Al Snow got given far too much. Do you know what? This is a recurring theme, I think, with a lot of the ECWs. I understand what they're doing. And I'm not always big into, like, squash matches. But some of them, I just kind of sit and think, oh, I understand maybe Al Snow is a one-off. He's caught out. But then in, like, his next challenge, you think, okay, really? So it's kind of... Um, I think there's somewhere between squash and, you know, a 12-minute 50-50. Yeah. Because it's, it's kind of really weird with everything that's going on. I mean, how hot would this be if Sabu was still the world champion? Rightly yeah. or wrongly, like, with, with the angle they're doing, Sabu being the world champion but claiming he works for the other company, or wants to. Be, I mean, in essence, it'd be Summer, summer of Punk. Yeah. Like one How many years before Summer of Punk? You'd be better off doing it with RVD, obviously, because he could have done the promos. Yep. But either way, it would have been like... Well, I'm happy with Shane Douglas as the champion. He's amazing. But just for the current setting, it would have been just heat. Yeah. You know, you're world champion. Who you, who's defeated... The legend, like, you know, the guy who built it, sort of thing, and Terry Thunk, it's just complete, like, fuck this. But he could have literally almost dragged the belt to the the ring, put it around his waist, just thrown it, left it in complete disrespect. He's just the champion, kind of. So do you know what would have been, for me, what would possibly have been even better is, and, and again, you know, love our current set of champions, uh, Taz, I, I think, is amazing. But if you were the ECW TV title holder, the ECW TC, TV yeah. champion, and you're saying TV champion, in that case, I'm going to take this championship to somewhere where people actually watch you on TV. I'm not going to stand here on this silly little station doing you know, weekend shows. I'm off to primetime on Monday night and people will be able to actually see the TV championship on their TV. Um, you know, that, that plays into everything you're, you're talking about, about... You know, well, why am I going to work weekends? It's a TV championship. I only work TVs, and you know that that's where the the TV is. That's the thing, and they could have put him against sort of low feeders, and it would have got him over, so he wouldn't have to lose. And then people would have been like, "Oh wow, ECW looks cool," and they actually benefit from it by even really doing a feud. Yeah, they would just see him every week as their champion. So, wow, this guy's really cool. He's just beaten. Whoever, but, and then uh, you could yeah. still have Taz kill and, and become the champion, just like you know, two three months later. Well, that's it. So um, yeah, Shane Douglas basically um, wins. Um, yeah, it's what the show needed—a champion like Shane at the moment. And I've obviously said about Sabo, but just the champions on TV. Yes, I feel it's important. Hype Central with Lance Wright—he's just playing a. A dicky yeah. heel, basically. Yeah, oh, you expect me to do Hype Central because, you know, Joe Gurton is now with the Dudleys and, yeah, it's just... I was in WWF and I could have hosted WrestleMania and now I'm here and, you know, I live in Stanford and, um, I mean, it's it's the the, the, the evolution of Mr. Wright. Um, but there's nothing unique about this character. Um, it, the slightest. It's a watered down version of what RBD and Sabu are doing. 
So you've got yeah. another, and and to some degree, what Rick Rude is doing. So it's just yeah. another. Yeah, ma massively. Um, it's just, it's just weird, and obviously it's leading up for a couple of weeks, but I can't see him sticking around for long. I think he sticks around. Um, oh, I stand corrected. Uh, speaking of matches where people get too much in, we've got Taz versus old Pablo Marquez. Yep. El Puerto um, It was a fairly easy win for Taz. Don't be wrong, but I just think it should have been in suplex, suplex, choke out, grab the mic, leave. Yep. It, it could have been over in like two minutes. It should have been over in like two minutes. It should have been a complete just destroyed this guy. It's all the crowd want. Same with Austin. Just walk out, get in the ring, hit the stunner, leave. It's all people want. They don't seem to want to see a 45-minute match of him at this time. Because the way it sort of was at this moment, it wasn't long matches like you have now. You have your New Japan sort of ring of honor. People want like classic, classic, classic. Here, you could have like just a quick... They just... They want to hear the music. They want to see a suplex. They want to see someone get choked out. And it's job done. Yeah. So it could have, especially for TV, save the longer matches for um, pay-per-views. But nonetheless, Taz one looks good. Can't complain too much. Uh, Jenna Jameson is still in the fold. She mumbled something. I switched off. I can't lie. I wasn't really making notes at this point. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. It, uh, I mean, they got their money's worth out of Jenna Jameson. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it works with the whole extreme style I get it you're different you're edgy it's, 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 it's an ideal fit it really is it, it's sort of saying that you're going to like the slightly older male demographic it, 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 it says it without saying it yeah so I get it and and again somewhere that you can see the, the inspiration for both the WCW and WWF product in, in them going, oh, 100%. going forward. Yeah, exactly. But obviously because of the mainstream, they couldn't quite go this route. When ECW just thought, fuck it. And similar to making OJ jokes every week when that was the thing. Yeah. They're just showing there that... The edginess. Yeah. Um, first time ever, Rob Van Dam versus Tommy Dreamer. Oh, I've heard a lot of good things about this match. <laughs> I mean, it, it was either this match or last week's match or next week's match. Or, or I'm sure I've heard one of the good things about one of these matches. Again, not an awful match, not a knock on the match. It's just the same match. Yes. But this week, it, it, if it was even announced that it was ECW versus WWE best of seven series or something, you could just, it would, you know, what I mean? there's a reason. But um, there wasn't. But Tommy Dreamer did win this match. Sabu then attacked Tommy Dreamer, and this is where they put the WWF flag over Dreamer. And this is the scene where if Sabu was still the world champion, it would have been carnage. Yeah. Because it's, you know, you throw the belt down, you put the flag on top of Tommy Dreamer and the belt, everything. It just would, all hell would have broke loose in there. It would have been great. Yeah. But, not quite, not quite yet. Not quite, yeah. But um, thanks to September the 2nd, 97, episode 228. We get highlights of what we've just spoke about. So all the carnage and the flag and everything. A quick promo from Tommy Dreamer, basically saying he's coming after Sabu and RVD. To the camera, Tommy, to the camera, Tommy, to the camera, Tommy. No idea. Yeah. Didn't understand that bit. Little Heyman thing. Um, so that's pretty cool. FBI versus Chetty and Spike Dudley. Spike Dudley's entrance is getting almost as long as Sandman's. It is. It's, it's, um, the problem is, though, because I guess similar to the Sandman, they've both got like amazing song songs. Yeah. And everyone wants to sing so Spike Dudley. Yeah, so Spike Dudley coming out to Highway to Hell. You want to get to Highway to Hell at least once. 
it, exactly uh, an iconic but fairly long intro yeah and it's not just it doesn't um just start with that it's like sort of like verse verse sort of gets to it so they keep it going a bit longer to get that sort of moment so i understand it it's just a bit yeah but um still the intensity of spike love it yeah match yourself um cool don't quite understand the combination of chetty and spike but it's not the worst thing in the world. So Chetty was having a feud with the FBI. And this is where... Uh, really legal. Yeah. And this is where uh, JT Smith came for one last run as Chetty's partner um, the night before the pay-per-view, I think it was. Um, so it's it's one of those kind of off-again, on-again feuds um, with just like various partners slotted in. Yep. But it's sort of a, it's a feud with no real substance. It's just it's the TV filler feud. Yeah. But like I said, they're all sort of you know good workers. It's it's fine. It's getting the FBI sort of regular. It's getting Chetty known. It's getting um Spike to stay sort of relevant and you know get the rub off what he's been doing with Bam Bam because he's obviously moved up a notch because of that. Yeah. So it's, it's um it works. He's he's the no real issues with this. He's now officially kind of the ultimate underdog. That's it, and they're all like you know decent workers, so you can give them sort of a nice five ten minutes in the middle of the show, and it sort of just buffs it out, and it's something different rather than just seeing Rob Van Dam versus Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> um, but yeah, so FBI, it was all three of FBI versus Chetty and thing. They tried to use a chain. It went wrong. Spike picked up the win for Chetty and Spike. Yes. We then got an interesting promo from Chris Candido. (laughs) Now, I'm kind of like mixed about this because I thoroughly enjoyed it. As I've stated, you know, I'm really enjoying Chris Candido's work. I find him fascinating in I didn't realise like how good he was kind of type way. Yeah, I always knew he was a great work horse. I just never saw the other layers where yeah. he's a the good entertainer. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm enjoying that side, but this promo was just so wild. He basically talked about he's in ECW because it's extreme wrestling and he's extreme and he wants to get thrown through tables and smash people with barbed wire and all stuff he doesn't do. And that was just sort of the joke of it. And but he could go to WWE if he wants, and he's not responsible for, you know, RVD and Sabu getting the WWE flag, even though you know, his you know girlfriend or wife is the most downloaded woman in the world, and she works there. So it is. It's all just everything was just. He just kept going back and forth off everything, and it's just like, oh, you're looking at my arms. What do you think of my new tattoo? I've got a triple threat tattoo. It's really good. That's because I like the triple threat. But I don't really like needles, but I love the tattoo because. I'm, I'm proud to be in the triple threat, but I hate needles. No gimmicks needed. This isn't a gimmick. It's a tattoo. No gimmicks needed. Yeah, it's just like... And then there's the JR phone call in the middle of there. There's the Terry Taylor phone call in the middle. Um, Terry Taylor, you know, he's, they've, they suggest that WCW have reached out to uh, Shane Douglas um, and uh, now reaching out to Chris Candido. Yep. Which um, I'm guessing is reference to. So there was somewhere in one of these episodes, and I can't remember which one because they they blurred a little bit because it was the same match in 15 different times. um, That Joey Styles actually references the lawsuit, the, the contract tampering lawsuit that ECW has taken against WCW. Yeah, I heard this. My, it's kind of stupid because we spoke about the Todd Gordon thing. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. But I just naturally assumed it was to do with Stevie Richards. Which I guess it kind of was. But he'd retired. Yeah. yeah, it's part and parcel, I guess. But I was really like, uh, boom, I thought it must have been about that. But um, yeah, as we find out later, if there's obviously it's a slightly different reference to Mr. Gordon. It'd be interesting to see how 
because I think there was rumours about Bill Alfonso was one of the ones found to be very interested in going. Yeah, so that his his match with Bueller must be fairly soon, soon. and that's the match that saves his career, saves his ECW career. Yeah, massively. So I'm very excited to um, see that because it's been been a minute since we've seen that. So that'd be good. But yeah. I didn't realise, but how crazy it would have been if, like, uh, RVD and Sabu and... I mean, you don't know how ironclad these ECW contracts were at the time. Who could have jumped? I mean. Yeah. So I think even Tommy Dreamer sort of spoke before about he was sort of cold and and all that. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy how this could have all gone. Um... Yeah, so basically Candido just goes on and on. Um, talks about Taz, talks about Tommy Dreamer, talks about the Sandman. Then goes back to No Gimmicks Needed, goes back to the tattoo, goes back to he's not going to WWE, he's not friends with him, but he, he could if he wanted to, but he biggie stuff. This goes on and on and on, but it's kind of, it was just entertaining, but he didn't really get anywhere, but I just enjoyed it. Yeah. I I, I thought it was a very enjoyable, very fun promo. It did very little. Um, kind of set up a match with him and Tammy Lynn Sitch versus um, Dreamer and Bueller. Yes. But outside of that, nothing much. No, yeah, but it was still, it was cool. Um, Sabu versus a debuting Bobby Duncan Jr. He turned up in the brawl quickly. He did. Um, but this is his debut match. Obviously, probably most well-known for his run in WCW with um, Mr. Perfect and Barry Windham and all that. The West Texas Rednats. The we, yeah, the old rap is crap, I'm assuming. I think so, yeah. Sort of, I mean, obviously, they mentioned him here working in Japan and all Japan and all that, but... I think a lot of people would know him through his Bruce stint in WCW. That's why I sort of my sort of main knowledge of him was. Um, fun match though, enjoyed it. I always find I found it with Gordy when he faced Raven, uh, Doctor Definitely faced Raven. A lot of these sort of people that come in for like one shots, two shots kind of deals tend to really sort of get a great match out of the ECW guys. Yeah. I don't know if it's just the way it sort of works or the ECW guys get more fired up or how it happens. But yeah, I enjoyed it even. It's just a, it was a good match. Uh, I couldn't tell you who won because I sort of got confused a bit with the end. I'm guessing Sabu. Uh, yeah, it was one of those other kind of everyone but, kind of gets involved. But it kind of, yeah, exactly. It just ended up in a bit of a, RVD came out, then Tommy Dreamer come out, attacked them both, and they brawl to the end of the show. Sandman comes out to save Tommy Dreamer, but RVD and Sabu beat them both down. They lay the flag over them two again. Very like the spray paint on your back, NWO kind of vibe. Was this not over the three of them? Is this not where Bueller takes the, the clothesline and gets laid out as well? Yeah, I want to say yes. But it's hard. It must be because it doesn't happen again next week, does it? Duh, 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 duh. No, it doesn't happen next week because next week's where you have the Taz and Toy Dream a bit. Yeah, so this must be where they took out Bure yeah. as well. Okay. Which is which is fine. So they then put it over. Taz comes out. The the, the crowd's like chanting Taz, Taz, Taz. Taz comes out. He basically locks Bill Alfonso in a Taz mission as the show ends. So you don't really see it, but you know he's sort of it's happening. Yeah. Um, it takes to September the 9th, 1997, episode 229. It kicks off with a promo from Taz. Looks like it's pretty much straight after the incident that we've just seen. Yeah. He seems to be wearing the same sort of Close and that. So I'm assuming it's literally just after that he's grabbed the mic. Um, Lance Wright comes out, interrupts him, says that he knows people in WWE. He can put in a word for Taz. 
And again, he's he's playing the um, sort of the arrogant kind of cocky heel sort of commentator guy, and Taz just um, chokes him out, uh, grabs the mic, says, "Tell Vince and everyone in WWE, fuck you." So, yeah, he is he is loyal to ECW, which is lovely. He is. Uh, we get Tracy Samoa's versus. John Cronus, still love the Eliminators music as a side note. They're definitely trying to get um, behind Cronus here. My, my thing is what I was thinking during is what would Cronus's career have looked like in a non-RVD ECW? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel that he could have had a parallel with, EC, with, with RVD. He could have been, for me, yeah, Jerry he Lynn. could have been the very early Jerry Lynn because... Style-wise, I think that they were both very similar and would have gelled quite well. I thought what was interesting in this is Joey Styles in this is talking about how um, Cronus has all the attributes in the world. You're never going to find a more athletic 265-pound guy, um, but is easily distracted. And it's whether that's going to cost him. And... It just felt like that was a, you know, similar to what they've done with Spicoli and a couple of others. It felt like that was more of a statement of behind the curtain than it was his wrestling. Yeah, I, I felt that. I felt that was noted and I, I noticed that and I thought it was interesting the way they sort of, um, like I said. Because there's not it. a wrestling context um, to it. No. You know, if you want to say he jokes around too much and doesn't take things seriously enough, then we can see that. You know, you can, you can play that one through. But easily, it's very. It's, it's, and it's also a switch from, you know, a month or month and a half ago where he was part of the best tag team on the planet. Yeah. So to have that kind of tag team champion, tag team champion, best tag team on the planet to. If this guy took life a little serious, yeah, actually, he would actually be really fucking straight. good. To like, you kind of think, well, he was. He we just saw it. He was part of the best tag team. They were amazing. So, yeah, no, it was, it was definitely noted. Uh, he wins with a four fifty splash. So Cronus does pick up the win again. We then go straight to a promo from Joe Gertner talking about Cronus. Says how he's he's great at beating Big Dick. Yeah. So if he can beat Big Dick, he might get a title shot with a partner of his choosing. Oh, I wonder who he's going to choose. It's obviously exactly. It's obviously meaning Big Dick Dudley, but yeah, they just the way they did it is hilarious. So yeah, it it worked. It was very Joe Gertnery, but they planted the seed. That if, if he wins, he'll get a title shot. Um, this seems to be a running theme um, that I don't quite understand at the moment, ECW, where it seems to be the champions issuing the challenge. Yeah. No one seems to be going after any of the champions. It's Shane Douglas going out there and saying, Find me challenges. Find me someone. Yeah, when it should be like everyone knocking down the door to get Shane Douglas. And even. And we find it with Taz. Yeah, you know, we find out with him calling out people, and it was one of the the my my least favorite things about the Scorpio and Shane Douglas thing was you know Shane Douglas talking about the heavyweight yep. championship and Scorpio coming out and going, "Well, you should be interested in my belt. Why don't you want to challenge for my belt? You should challenge for my belt." Yeah, they're not they're not they're not it, targeted. They're not aimed for. They're just they have to kind of make their own matches. It's just weird, you know, that the Dudleys have spent this whole time trying to get rid of the Eliminators. Cronus is a singles wrestler by default, whose partner's injured. They have no reason to engage with him. So to then for them to drag him back in the fuse and say, Oh, we'll put you up against Big Dick Dudley. If you beat him, you'll get a title. A partner of your- it's like, well, you think, well, no, he didn't he didn't need any of this. He was out. He's, you know, as far as we know, he's going after Taz in the TV title or Shane the world title. He currently has to go down that path because he has no partner. Yeah. 
So it just seems all a bit strange that they're like saying, oh, we, we can beat you. If if you win, we'll beat you. It's like, what? It's just, um, yeah, it's, it's just weird. It is. It, it's, it's, it feels the wrong way around. It feels that you've got, you know, that massively. If you're a if you're a babyface champion, you have to be daring people to fight you. And if you're a real champion, it should be. Then then. Yeah. Yeah, and and then Shade Douglas has is, is got this thing about being the best and keeping sharp, for no real reason. Yeah, it, it should be. You know, Shane Douglas has got a world title defence against an undefeated um, Taz, for example. He's a champion, so it's probably a bad example. But he's got, you know, an undefeated guy coming up. So he's leading up to that match. He's trying to take on loads of Matt wrestlers to stay sharp, to show that he's the best wrestler and he's ready for this undefeated whatever. If it was like and that... And in the meantime, the challenger has to fight his way through the triple threat who are always trying to get the upper hand yep. and protect and defend. I mean, I know that's, you know, I understand that's horseman booking, but, you know, there's there's a reason it was so successful for so long. Yeah, and it worked perfectly with this um, sort of group. You know, but like I said, it's just, uh, I just find the Dudleys weird. It should be Cronus continuing coming out, attacking the Dudleys, but getting outnumbered and doing this and them saying, why won't you just leave? You don't have a partner. And, you know, just like, you know, New Dutch doesn't have a partner kind of thing and eventually leads them both together because they realise they both don't have partners, but they've got a common goal. I mean, is it going to be a surprise to the Dudleys when he picks New Jack as his partner, bearing in mind they've run out and beaten them up for the last however many weeks as a pairing? Hmm. It's just um, I mean, like I said, I see how we, we, we we'll see how we get there, but um, yeah, like I said, I just find it I just find it bizarre. It was a very reverse. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love ECW. I love I love a lot of what it does. I love the the roster it has and the talent it has. But if you're going to book as if no one's watching a TV show, don't be surprised when no one watches your TV show. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's not, it's not a massive knock. The matches are being great. It's just, um, it's very peculiar. Some of it, you know, just feels. Um, I don't want to say sloppy, but it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's 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 bizarre how they're going about yeah. it. But uh, where we're at, so we have that. Rick Rude comes out, calls the crowd meathead, introduces Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas comes out, says if it wasn't for him. Uh, people would have to watch shit like WCW, WWE, which is fair. It's the Monday Night Wars, they're watching that as um, well. Yeah, and I feel like they overdubbed Joey Styles here to cut this promo short, so I feel like mm. there's a bit more to it. Because it kind of just heard Joey Styles in a completely different kind of pitch say something. It's like, I wonder who his opponent's going to be. Then suddenly it just cut to Shane Douglas versus Axel Rotten with no real anything. So Shane Douglas wins the TV title, wants the best challengers in the world. Yeah. And gets... God Rock. damn it, I respect you. Shane Douglas wins the world title, wants the best challengers in the world, gets um, Axel Rotten. Well, I'm, I mean, it's fair to note that between those two matches, Axel Rotten's been on a tear beating... Um... <laughs> He's being a beating. He's wearing ICP yeah. t-shirts as well. Still. Yeah. Um, Shane Douglas, belly to belly for the win. Yes. Sabu versus Sandman. The first time ever in the history. More and more first Is times. It... I mean, I've not... I felt like they Cross... must have... I, I can't believe these two didn't pass in Eastern and all this. Obviously, we need to go back and check, but I'd be very surprised if they hadn't Have had they a not had a, a barbed wire match? No, that was uh, Cactus and Sandman. 
Cactus Sandman, um, Raven Sandman, but no, not not Sabu Sandman. But yeah, I'd be surprised. I mean, maybe they haven't fought. Maybe they were on sort of different sort of paths, but I just assume they'd fought um, in the Eastern and sort of Yeah, it just feels like it should have been before that, shouldn't it? Yeah, I did. I mean, you can't obviously really call this a match, but I didn't mind it. Uh, Sabu's making his entrance like he always does. He's just standing in the entrance way. Doesn't see Sabu standing on the ramps. That Sabu's kind of awkwardly just standing there. Sandman turns round and Sabu lunges at him. Uh, Sabu's got a bottle, a glass bottle, and just smashes over <laughs> the Sandman. It was savage. And uh, that was that was that really just sort of beat down yeah. convinced. Tommy Drew and R V D um sort of kicked off. And um then Taz comes out and cleans house again. Yeah. As he does. Um, we get a promo from Tommy Dreamer and Taz. Tommy Dreamer is hey, I know you stand alone, but I've got your back and you've got mine, which doesn't nope. make any sense. Taz then says, I don't need anyone, brother. I don't care about WWWCW, but challenge me for my strap. Let's give these people what extreme match is all about. And then Hills in the crowd. Then Hills in the crowd, which again, exactly what we said, like, why is Taz, you know, challenging? I know he's a beast, he's trying to take out everyone, but it just feels like, why, why is he challenging, you know? Shane Douglas didn't say, hey, Taz, I want to fight you for this TV title. You fancy it? Taz was like, I can beat you in five minutes. And Shane's like, make it free. And if Taz is trying to kind of prove himself, why Tommy Dreamer? I mean, he's won two matches recently. He's been laid out every for however long. (coughs) Um, You know, he lost to Raven every time for, for two years, except for the last one, which apparently was the only one that counted. Um, the feud, what, what about Tommy Dreamer makes you kind of go, that's someone who would really be a challenge for me. That's someone who I'd really want to to work through. That's the thing. I mean, again, this, this could have like gone with, Taz came out every time, and the others run off. But he always sort of just looked at Tommy Dream and just sort of like nodded or something. And it was a whole, he was almost like scouting the fact that this guy could have yeah, been Yeah, he's picking down. up, he's, he's absolutely he always collapsed in the corner, but he's still with it. He's still fighting. He, they, yeah. They can't he just lay him out. And, yeah, and, and it kind of like, you know, got has his juices flowing, the fact that you, this guy can't be knocked out. I want to knock this guy out. Yeah, I, I can no knock one, this guy out. Yeah. If it was that sort of, I would be like, yeah, that works because that fits in with the Taz sort of character. Like, oh, these guys are smashing you with, with chairs every week and it's doing nothing. You're still getting up and begging, saying you want more. I could I could do that with my hands. I, I could finish you with my hands. I'm that dangerous. I want to finish you. That, I don't understand, yeah. but yeah. Again, 20 odd years too late for me. Um, we didn't get a promo from Paul Heyman. This kind of completely caught me yes. out of left field. Um, he basically announces that he's in sole charge of ECW and Todd Cordes. He stepped away to look after his family, which obviously is a lie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, yeah, we, you know, might got caught. Did a bit of WCW tampering. Allegedly. But, um, well, sort of the thing, depending <laughs> what side you listen to. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's, um, it's interesting. So now it's full Heyman ECW. So I guess we could, we'll see if there's any difference or whether Heyman was pretty much 100% behind everything. Yeah. And, Gordon was just more than money. I mean, I'm already looking forward to Todd Gordon not being on my TV as much as he was. Um, 
you know, oh, him just being in the middle of angles for the sake of it. Like, you know, November to remember where he's through a table or hardcore heaven where he's through a table for no reason. Well, yeah, just coming out and telling Rick Rude he's not a manager and yeah. he should leave. Yeah, all stuff like that just, just won't be missed. But, um, yeah, but on a, on, a, on a side note, you know, he's, be, he's an annoying character, but he was a day one, so it's sad to see yeah. another So that means we've now gone part. through the Eddie Gilbert era, the Todd Gordon era, the yep. Todd Gordon and Paul Heyman era, and we're now into the Heyman era. Yeah, so it's a big, on the journey, it's a big, like, chapter, because it is like the final is. era, really. So, um, yeah, fair play to Todd Gordon. And that takes us to the end of the show and the four weeks we've covered this week. Like I said, it's some interesting bits. Um, again, it's hard to look back and do it because obviously we do it yeah. in like four-week chunks. So seeing, you know, Tommy Dreamer, Rob Van Dam, the same match in the space of like a three-hour watch period or something that I might do probably grinds a lot more than watching it being yeah. on your TV every week. So, you know, do sort of hold your hands up and sort of apologise from that standpoint because we're watching a different way. Same as like, you know, I was partly critical about the Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko with the same things because we were watching it four weeks at a time and I was just like, I've already seen this match. Yes, it's amazing, but I wouldn't mind a different yeah. match now. Well, because I wasn't really appreciating it because I wasn't watching it I every think week. My 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 concern on it is my my issue with it is that um, they seem to be stuck in a little bit of a groove of the way you get Sabu and RVD heat is laying out Tommy Dreamer, and it feels like, yeah. especially after that concentration that we've just seen, it feels like a dimin- diminishing return thing. So, you know, he gets laid out by RVD, Sabu and um, Jerry Lawler that first time. And God, did we rave about it. We went on about Amazing. that forever. Um, yeah. And then you had the one in the cage. And, and we talked about that at length. And, and, you know, there was some really good stuff in that. And then it yeah. kind of goes on and on and on. And then we've just had three weeks where back to back to back, the same thing has basically happened. And I get that it's to build to Taz coming in and make the save, but it's just, it's formulaic in the sense of, you know, so Tommy Dreamer has to beat one of them quickly because he knows the other one's hanging around and will get involved. Um, why they're not out there from the beginning, no one really knows. Um, and then so that they can look strong, whatever, whoever wins, Tommy has to be laid out. Beulah has to take a bump. If anyone comes out to save Tommy that isn't Taz, they have to take a bump because they need to to look like this dominant force. And the thing is, they don't look dominant. It's just, you know, you get to a point where their opponent looks soft. And there's yeah. nothing that, you know, and I'm not saying 50-50 because we know that's kind of annoying, but Tommy's got to get the upper hand at here somewhere or at least not just have the same formulaic, formulaic, formulaic beatdown. Um which is what we've just watched for three weeks straight. Yeah, I mean, I imagine there must be a bit where he lays an ECW flag on them or something. But, um, yeah, like I said, at the moment, it's just... And like I said, the problem is, if you could do a beatdown, try and do a beatdown where he's not on TV or something, so it's a beatdown... Not just a beat down, then fend them off and suddenly get a TV title match with Taz. It's, it's a massive, like, I know you're completely, like, deep into this feud, but let's let's forget it and have a world, you know, a TV title match. Then you can do the feud again afterwards if you want. I mean... Even though I'm assuming that'll probably end yeah. with a massive clusterfuck. But, you know, so we've got, we've got Sabu and right. Sandman coming up for the first time ever. Um, yeah. Bring that forward a week. You can tell the same story, but it's not yep. Tommy Dreamer that's laid out after, you know, a similar match. Uh, you know, make it Axel Rotten, make it Mikey Whipwreck, make it any of the... And, um, so the other bit that confused the life out of me was um, 
Jason getting involved and kicking RVD when it was Bobby Duncan Jr. versus Savu. Because, yeah, again, we, we've got heels kicking heels. And, and who are the crowd cheering for here? So it, it is that kind of, you know, the, the shades of grey sometimes gets in the way of it, I think. And just change up some of the people. Let some other people be sacrificial in this. Um, just so... Well, that's it. Like you said, it should have been Jason laid down with a flag over him. It should be like their NWA spray paint where... It's not just a Tommy Dreamer thing. It's we're pissing yes. on the company. Who we will beat up anyone, and afterwards we'll leave you the flag on top and let you know, fuck you, WF. And if after him. a couple of weeks you want them to be beating up Sandman, laying him out, beating, 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 Tommy Dreamer runs in to make the save. We've not seen him in the same ring with them for a couple of weeks. He's here to stop them laying Sandman out like they've laid him out, and then he goes, and then he gets beaten up. You know, that's at least that's different to the formulaic bit. So you know, there's going to be a match. You know that Tommy might steal a win. You then know that Sam Sabu is going to get involved. You then know someone else is going to get involved, but Sabu and RBD are going to stay strong and they're going to lay them out with the flag over them. And it's just, you know, it, it's a little bit too formulaic at this point. And as you're right, you know, you're absolutely right. Part of that is because, yeah. you know, it's not meant to be as fresh in my mind as, you know, previously, as in you've watched this 36 minutes ago, but, um, you know, that's where we are with it. And and it just doesn't... One of the big things we were talking about all the way through um, when we started this journey, all the way back in Eastern, was does ECW hold up in 2020? Or 2019, as it would have been at the time. Um, and there's big chunks yeah. that, you know, it absolutely does, and be it nostalgia or something else, you know, there's, there's huge chunks that I've fallen in love with that I didn't experience the first time. Stevie Richards, I didn't experience to the same level as, the, as this rewatch for just one example. Um, but there's other bits that just don't. There's other bits where this, this brilliant storyteller that, that Heyman is at points doesn't mean that everything was a, was a home run. Yeah, 100%. But like I said, it's, it's no different than going back and watching the Attitude yeah. Era, isn't it? Everyone, you hear about that, and you, you sort of go back and watch an old Raw to see what it was like. Oh God! Yeah, the time we went some of the stuff on there just... across and watched WWF. It was painful. It was hard work. That's the thing. Some of the segments are just things. So it's it's just um, yeah. I mean, like I said, some of the bits, like I said, are complete and utter genius and fantastic. But there are just bits where you think, oh, you're so close. If you just done this, that, and that. Again, nice. it's the editor. Amazing. I feel that there's parts where just the editor of like, you know, that, that second voice of, you know, maybe maybe we don't need all six minutes. We've got it in three. Let's let's work out what else we're going to do with three minutes. Get someone else in here to cut a promo because we've got it in three. We're fine. Um, and this, you know, kind of the agent to sit there and kind of go, again, really? Can't we? What if we changed it up ever so slightly? What if we just changed up the match ever so slightly? What if we changed up the finish ever so slightly? What if, you know, something happens that isn't the, the, the beat down in the same sort of way? You know, what if, what if we just try and mix it up slightly yeah. rather than, you know, what we did last week? Yeah, same again? Okay. Massively. Would you know what is exciting? What's exciting? We get a little, de- we get a little debut next do we? week. We do indeed. Do you want to know who? It would be a surprise. I feel like we have to say for the people. Well, I was trying to work out whether we back. we tell them to go to at underscore sports arena and, and you put something up on our Twitter and Instagram that, that tells people who they can expect. Oh, I like it. All right, we'll do that. I'll put something on Twitter and Instagram at underscore sports arena. But we have an ECW legend making their debut next week. So I was thinking about this as we were talking about this show, because, you know, we're we're in September 1997. So we're over the halfway point. We're we're bearing down on 98 and, you know, moving quite quickly through. And I was thinking about that. And then I was thinking about all the people we we have yet to come. And all of the, the 
the icons oh, that yeah. have yet to come. So, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a fair few uh, few names that it could still be. Well, in the next month, two big ECW names turn up. I feel people should stay so, glued to at underscore sports arena on Twitter and Instagram for more information. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Next week is probably not who you expect, but yeah, get a couple of uh, future world champions start to appear. I shall say no more. We will all look forward to it. Oh, but thank you very much for listening. As Jay said, make sure you check out Sports Arena on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Sports Arena. We are often talking ECW daily. We also talk about the current product when it's worth talking about. So engage on everything that is wrestling because it's what we do. Please like, subscribe, share, rate, do everything you can because it helps keep the show ticking, moving up. The rankings, thank you everyone for listening. It is much appreciated. And we'll be back next week for more. We definitely will. And so, you know, Sports Arena Instagram featured on the hardcore icon, the innovator of violence is Tommy Dreamer's own Instagram story. So if it's good enough for the innovator of violence. She made him pop. We actually made him pop. We did the old, um, my brain. Self-chosen. If you know ECW, you know. And all we can think about is just the incredible Kane in Tommy Dreamer. And that's and, on loop. Yeah, made Tommy Dreamer pop and it actually got onto Tommy Dreamer's uh, Instagram story. So if it's good enough for Tommy Dreamer, if it's good enough for the innovator of violence, then gosh darn it, it's good enough for you.